here in Cleveland. We're on the court, so it's going to be a little bit... We're going to get some knots down in this one. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, and I'm here after this really, really stupid game with Joe Varden, who's also of The Athletic. Hey, it's uh, it's good to be on. Uh, Wizards After Dark, I like that. It would take some kind of dark magic to wash this out of our minds. <laughs> so, so this is somehow a game in which both teams should be really humiliated. Uh, the Wizards lost 116 to 113 in Cleveland. They were down 25 with seven minutes left. They ended up coming back with the garbage time unit of Gary Payton II, Jordan McRae, Thomas Bryant, uh, Troy Brown, and uh, who's the extra one that I'm forgetting? Sam Decker. Sam Decker. Now, I mean, I, the thing about it is, when you talk about the, your garbage time lineup for the Wizards, that's two former Cavs. Yeah. You know, Jordan McRae had all 15 of his points in the fourth quarter. Uh, he was here a couple years ago. Uh, nice kid. And then Sam Decker, of course, began the year in Cleveland um, and then was part of that three-team deal uh, in December um, and, and ended up in Washington. So, you know, uh, almost a little bit of payback or, or justice or, or what have you. But, um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> They, they made a game out of it when this one should have been over 20 minutes before. Yeah, so let's, um, let's talk about the more important stuff. Because if, if they, that final play had actually worked, which they totally botched it, it ended up being like a Troy Brown swat. And it wasn't even supposed to go to Troy Brown. They were supposed to inbound to Thomas Bryant, who I think Jordan McRae was supposed to come around on a dribble handoff. And the Cavs kind of stifled their first look. And, and these are dudes who have literally never played in an NBA game together. That is the first time Scott Brooks has ever played that lineup. Gary Payton the second is on a 10-day contract. Jordan McRae played eight straight minutes, which is the most run he's gotten in a game all season. Troy Brown gets no rotation minutes. Thomas Bryan is like a starter who plays 20 minutes a game. And, like, these are, you know, Sam Decker's in now the rotation. These are guys who don't play. It is excusable to botch a rotation after going on whatever that was, like a 32 to, to <laughs> 9 run or whatever the heck it was. Like, that is fine. The problem is when Scott Brooks came out and just flatly said it's the most aggressive he's been about the starters, in a, about the team in a while, just flatly saying the starters didn't play with effort. They didn't play hard. They didn't play with effort. And that's... He said, that's why I sat him. The starters just didn't play with effort. And uh, Bradley Beal came out and said they thought the Cavs were terrible, and so they took him lightly, and then they killed him. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I have a couple thoughts about that. One, um, you know, the Cavs have won 11 games now, including two in a row. So that, that's not very many. Um, and and kind of after a couple of their earlier wins, Tristan Thompson would say, um, that we win when other teams take us lightly. So this is not an affront. I mean, this is what th- this is what teams do, and you know that's I think that's good of, of Bradley to at least admit that. Um, I, I did notice uh, just watching you know from my perch there that um, I just I hated the body language for the Wizards tonight. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I just thought um, you know Bradley Beal, uh, you know Otto Porter, uh, Ariza just. Just didn't, just didn't look like you know. I just didn't look like they were engaged. And that, and that being said, Bradley still in with 31. Um, but my question, I think, for you would be: so if if the roles were reversed and the five whoever's for the Cavs have this monster comeback, of course you leave them out there because the season's a wash. Doesn't matter. You know, let them uh, sink or swim and, and get the experience. The Wizards are intense. You know, they're only they were only three games out of the playoffs. You're down 
a three, you've got one of the game's best players in Bradley Beal. Why isn't he out there for the final shot? So, I thinking about it now, like, it's obviously not crazy if you put your best player, who's going to be an all-star, into the game for the final shot. That being said, I asked Scott Brooks specifically after he said that the starters didn't play hard, and I, he said he left those guys out there because they earned it. They had to come back. They earned it. And I asked him specifically if it was a statement to the starters as much as it was a statement to the guys he left out there. And he said no. He said no, it was just because they earned it. I don't believe him. And uh, there's this thing that coaches have to do, which is completely immeasurable, which is sending statements to teams when they need it. And the Wizards came out. And here's the thing, like, the Wizards have now become part of their identity to lay duds and come out terribly against terrible teams. Mm -hmm. But they haven't really been doing it lately. Like, the the post-John Wall Wizards haven't really been doing that. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of caught me off guard. But if Scott Brooks feels like this was something that was going to carry over into other games and he felt like leaving them on the bench could be a wake-up call and it was worth potentially taking a loss, like, okay. Like, at the very least, I I understand it. Like, there is logic there that that really does make sense. So, like, I, I do kind of get it. This is not the first time all year the Wizards have come out and just laid a dud and played with that energy and then after the game openly talked about, well, we didn't play with energy. They did all the first two months of the season. So, like, it's fine. I know you've got an owner who just said, we'll never ever tank. You have an owner who just came out and said, like, our goal is to make the playoffs. It's our first mantra. We have to do it. If we don't, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff's going to happen. But, but yeah, I, I get it. Like, I also think this is a move that someone with job security would make. Yeah. If you want to really read into this. Like, if Scott's super-duper worried about his job, he's putting out there Bradley Beal out there. Because it's a little bit... It, it's less risky to leave Bradley Beal on the bench than it is... Uh, wait, no. It's less risky to put Bradley Beal in the game than it is to leave him on the bench, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking about that last play. It, like you had already described that it was a total mess. Uh, and it ended with a, a Jetty Osman steal. Now, statistically, Jetty Osman... Uh, while having a really nice resurgence as an offensive player, is the worst defensive player in the NBA. Uh, certainly the worst starter, um, and then worst based on total minutes and, and, and a number of other things. I mean, he has a defensive rating of, like, 119. The, um, Cavs, the Cavs' defense is historically horrendous. Historically bad. Now, over the last three, now with the final score, okay, yeah, so the Wizards scored 113 points tonight. But they scored 44 in a fourth quarter where everyone had kind of checked out. Um, so through, through three quarters, they were good. Uh, they were good against the Bulls or better, you know, relatively speaking. And then even against the Heat, the the game before. Um, so for you know, for the from the Cavs' perspective, there is a. I don't want. There's no. There's no hope. There, there's no. There's no glimmer. There's just. There has been a noticeable improvement over about the last six days uh, defending. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe in between the bad attitude and just, you know, catching the Cavs at a time when they're playing better uh, led to this. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about the effort, and so often lack of effort comes through on the defensive end, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how we characterize it. And I don't necessarily know if it's because effort shows more on defense or if it's just because 
good offense is easier to tell because you either score or you don't score. And <laughs> defense is so much more nuanced than how you evaluate it. So it's just easier to say, well, he either played hard or he didn't play hard, and that's why I did it. Why does that guy get the ball? Because he wants the ball. Like, we, we simplify it so much. I thought tonight the, the effort stuff showed more on offense than it did on defense. They weren't moving off the ball. Mm-hmm. They weren't running off screens. They weren't rescreening when the screens didn't work. Like, they just... The second efforts on offense weren't there. And, like, they. this is a defense. You should go, what are they, 117 points per 100 possessions, this defense? So, something like that. Like, that is horrendous. That's like they turn the average NBA team into a significantly better offense than the Warriors. Right. Now, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the highest rating in, in NBA history. Um, you know, teams are scoring more. Than ever, I think. Yes. Uh, so you know. So but I, even so, like for perspective, like if they're they're at like one seventeen, give or take mm-hmm. a half a point. So they're at one seventeen points per hundred possessions they allow. The Warriors score one hundred and fifteen points per hundred possessions. Like they they are two full points per hundred. Were like the the opponents they play become two full points per hundred better than the Golden State Warriors <laughs> as an offense, yeah. and and the yeah. Wizards just. If you play with effort, the Wizards are good enough to where I don't care if it's on the road. The Wizards should win this game. The Wizards are horrible on the road, by the way. They're six and twenty on the road now. You know the Cavs had not won a home game since December twelfth, and that was against the Knicks. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, this was not a good one for the for the uh, the nation's capital. No. Let's uh, let's let's talk positive for a little bit. <laughs> talk positive because uh, this was. Um, this was kind of two games. There was the 42-minute game in which the Wizards lost 105-80. to 80. Yeah. And then, so what was that final run then? It was 105-80. to 80. They were down 25 points, which means that they outscored them something to 11. 33-11 to 11, the rest of the way, which is a heck of a run. Jordan McRae comes in with eight minutes. And Jordan McRae has gotten no opportunities all season on a, on a two-way, which is a thing that I've never really understood because they're not good. He's 26, 27 years old. And when a dude's 26 or 27 years old and you've got tons of injuries, like last night, for example, they have, an, they have literally nine guys active. He's one of them. And Scott Brooks goes with an eight-man rotation. And if you have a 26 or 27-year-old who is on a two-way contract and you're not going to play him even when you only have nine guys active and he's leading the G League in scoring, What's the point? Like, you're, he's not a development project. He already is what he is. And so what's what's the point of having that guy there? You don't need two two-way guys. There's no rule that says you need two-way guys, so you're wasting that money. So I've just kind of been waiting and wondering why uh, he's not getting the opportunity. And everyone with the Wizards every time is like, he'll get an opportunity. Don't worry, he'll get an opportunity. When? We're like 50 games in. Are you kidding? Like, <laughs> we are literally 50 games into the season. He got an opportunity purely out of blowout circumstances, and he scored 15 points on 5 for 5 shooting in eight minutes, and uh, I'm wondering if he's going to get an opportunity again. I doubt it. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I love Jordan. I, I, I think the, I, th- there was a game here at the end of – that was the last game of the regular season, and I can't remember if it was against the Wizards or if it was against the Pistons, but – Jordan getting a chance to play because it was the last game of the year and, you know, LeBron and, and, and all the real guys were, were out. Um, you know, jo- I think Jordan had 43 
Like, I, I mean, he had some outrageous number. Um, and so what what that reminded me of was tonight, you know, playing against the Cavs team that's just not very good um, in a game that... Against the Cavs garbage unit. Against, yeah, and, and, and there's McCray just going insane um, in garbage time, and that is that is him. I... If he becomes an NBA, a consistent NBA player, uh, you know I'll be thrilled for him because, like I said, he's he's a, a good kid. He's a kid that's easy to root for. But um, I think this is at least this is who the league thinks he is. Right, he's like an end, end of venture guy. Yes, for sure. Which is why I wonder why he's a two way guy. Like yeah. it, it seems um, like like a useless organizational move to make that kind of guy a two-way guy if you believe that that's what he is, right? Because then, what, like, Devin Robinson is the other two-way guy. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's in his early 20s. He might have some potential. No, you know, maybe one day he'll end up being an NBA player. You get him in your system. You see if maybe you can try to develop him. And maybe, you know, a future circumstance, he can help you in some way. Right. If you believe that a guy's a finished product... And he's playing at his absolute best because he's leading the G League in scoring. It's not going to get much better. Not that G League numbers translate. Like right. I had a scout once tell me uh, when I was talking about a guy, I was like, I see so-and-so uh, figure out how to shoot. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I looked at his numbers. He's shooting like 37% from three in the G League. And the scout laughed at me and said, everyone shoots 37% from three <laughs> in the G League. And that guy ended up getting uh, playing the next year in the league and shot like 28% from three. And so, so yeah, that... That makes sense. Numbers from the G League, like, they don't translate, especially, like, points per game. That is the last thing that will translate. Uh, but all that being said, to me, this was just a reminder of, like, it's just a weird kind of nonsensical organizational <laughs> move. It, it's just another weird thing that the Wizards did. Uh, if Jordan McRae is going to play, I actually don't think there's a 0% chance that he plays because of this. Last time they had a game that after it, Scott Brooks really went after them for effort. He put Thomas Bryant in the starting lineup. Okay. And Thomas Bryant went from, and he justified it by Thomas Bryant was the one guy in garbage time who played his ass off. And we need that. And Thomas Bryant's going into the starting lineup, and he has not left the starting lineup. And I'm not insinuating that Jordan McRae is going to go into the starting lineup. Um, and I think there's a less than 50% chance of this, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if Jordan McRae got saved chasing Randall's minutes against Indiana tomorrow. Well, I was going to say, you know, uh, you know, Jordan, what is he? He's a shooting guard, and I don't know. Do you guys have a shooting guard? Let's see here. Oh, yeah, Bradley Beal. <laughs> so. Yeah, but, but, like, he can get Chase Randall's minutes for a night. Sure. Why that not? can happen. And that's, I mean, you know, you were talking earlier about message sending and, and things like that. I mean, that if, if effort is actually a problem, which to me I think is somewhat overblown. I mean, just in these long seasons, there's just nights where guys don't play quite as hard. I, I think the issue would be when you're a team like the Wizards on, on the bubble trying to make the playoffs, you cannot. There's a difference between effort and having heavy legs and being in the dog days and actually um, allowing your uh, just attention to detail to, to, to wane because you don't think the other team is very good. I mean, the Wizards had to have this game. They had to. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, another thing that's notable from this is when they were down 25, Scott Brooks put in Gary Payton II on a 10-day deal that expires on Thursday. Mm. Put in Gary Payton II. And I'm I'm not insinuating. This is all on Chase and Randall, by the way. He's just coming up again because <laughs> of the circumstance of the conversation. Uh, but he put uh, – he put – 
Peyton in instead of Randall, and it was not the garbage. Like, you'd think that that would just be, well, get him out there, they're down 25. But Bradley Beal was on the court with him. And uh, I forget, who, who was the other starter who was on the court with him? Uh, was it Otto? I think it was Otto. Or maybe okay. it was Sadoransky. It was either Otto or Sadoransky. And by that point, I had zoned out. I tuned back in when it got down to, like, 11. Yeah, but waiting to zone in. Yeah, exactly. But, like, Bradley Beal was still on the floor with Peyton for, like, three of those minutes. Okay. So, like, it wasn't totally – it was garbage time. But in Brooks's mind, like, it wasn't throwing the towel, put in the lineup, <laughs> which is all the garbage time players yet. Um, and so – Maybe that position's in flux. Maybe something happens. Maybe it's Peyton. Maybe it's McRae. I wouldn't be... Brooks has shifted around lineups a lot this year because, like, what the hell else are you going to do, man? This team is, like, it goes so in and out uh, that, like, you know, it just happens. It's been a hard year for the Wizards. Uh, it's been a hard year for them in Cleveland. They've had two really bad games here. Um, the one night was when John Wall had all the... Had all the problems, and Colin Sexton had his best night ever uh, as a result. And then tonight you come in here and, and have this. So, you know, there's still plenty of time. I mean, the Hornets aren't great. Um, that's I think they're, what, three and a half out now, uh, the Wizards. So still time. But, um, yeah, it's just it's the second year in a row for, for the Wizards where the regular season just doesn't, doesn't quite add up to what it was supposed to. Yep, and they're in a stretch right now where every team they play is either great or horrible. <laughs> they've got they've got Cleveland, then they've got Indiana, then they've got Milwaukee, okay. and then they've got uh played the that, Wizards. Or yeah, they just, just played, played the Spurs. The, the, or the Warriors, right? Yeah, just played the Warriors and then they got they got uh Toronto coming up, they got Chicago. Uh it's like all absolutely horrible. They got Cleveland again next week. Mm. It's all they got Milwaukee twice. Yes. They, it's it's all great and horrible and uh they gotta beat the horrible ones because if if they are going to try to win today like at least win today yeah. like yeah. <laughs> if if you're not gonna trade jeff green into a trade exception to get a second round pick which i don't think they are like at least win today at least do it because, like, I feel like the worst thing you can do is kind of have one to only have one toe in. Yeah. You know? Like, look, people people love saying, just get into the lottery. It's so much better to get into the lottery than it is to get the eight seed. And it is a little bit better to get into the lottery than it is to get the eight seed. Yeah. That being said, like, pick number 13 versus pick number 16, it's not a huge deal. Pick number six versus pick number 13 is ginormous. But... I don't think the Wizards are going to be there because they're not going to want to. So they're going to be somewhere ninth or 10th or something like that if they don't make it in. And uh, these losses are just <laughs> – they're just not going to help too much, help them get there. Um, anything else before we go? No, just uh, thanks for having me. Plug uh, plug your great stuff for my listeners too so they can know where to find you and uh, know what you got coming up. Well, um, we're just uh, – we're at The Athletic. Uh, a lot of my stuff is at the Cleveland site. Um, some of it is on, on the NBA. Some of it is on the Lakers. Um, I'm actually leaving uh, this – I'm leaving on Thursday to go back out there. Um, hopefully for NBA fans, LeBron comes back so we can see what the Lakers have. And it's been tough uh, to not have the best – one of the best players still in the game not playing. So that's what we're hoping for. Uh, they've got the Clippers and they've got the, the Warriors. And, um, you know, just having a good time. Great. And you've done some awesome stuff on LeBron this year. And uh, what's your Twitter handle again? Oh, just uh, at Joe Varden, J-O-E-V-A-R-D-O-N. 
perfect. And subscribe to Wizards After Dark if you're not already subscribed. You can give us five stars if you're feeling super generous. Uh, don't give us less than five stars if you're not <laughs> feeling generous. No need to go out of your way. Uh, and uh, and leave reviews. Reviews really help if you want to leave a nice review there on the uh, iTunes page. That's always really nice. I'll be back tomorrow night, second half of back-to-back against Indiana. Wizards are so weird. They're like... I'm going to mingle, mess up these numbers a little bit. But there's something like 2-6 and six on the first nights of back-to-backs and like 6-2 and two on the second nights of back-to-backs, <laughs> which is really the most wizard stat of all time. <laughs> They'll be back tomorrow when they're obviously going to beat the really good Pacers of course. after losing to the Cavaliers. Uh, not sure if I'm going to have a guest tomorrow night. I hope I will. Uh, but I will be podcasting regardless. I'll talk to you guys then. <laughs>